0: Hello, and welcome to Tabs Not Spaces. It's Wednesday, October 21st, and this is what you need to know today. Eben Upton has unveiled a new Pi Compute Module, based on the core of the Raspberry Pi 4. The project's Compute Modules package the CPU and supporting hardware into a smaller form factor than normal Raspberry Pi boards, and have proved so popular with industrial customers that they now account for half of all of the Pi hardware sold annually. While previous versions of the compute module were designed to mount into industry-standard SDIMM sockets, the new module adopts a more compact footprint, which will allow for its use in physically smaller applications, but demands some re-engineering from existing adopters. The new board is available in 32 different variants, allowing the customer to specify exactly how much on-board storage, RAM, and so on that they'd like to purchase, and a separate external antenna kit can be bought to boost signal strength for projects that house modules in metal cases, or in areas of weak reception. Developers and prototypers can also buy a new I.O. board that was launched alongside the updated compute module, which exposes all of the interfaces on the board through standard size connectors, and which for the first time brings a dedicated PCI Express socket to the platform. And while the new compute module will no doubt prove a hit with its intended audience, the week also brought some good news for hobbyist Pi 4 users. The Vulkan driver for the platform that's been under development now implements the full Vulkan 1.0 API and has been merged into the upstream Mesa project so it'll now be easier to access by regular users and also by developers looking to help add some final polish to the driver. Version 9 of Trisquel has been released. The distribution is one of only a handful that receives the blessing of the FSF as respecting your software freedom and is available with the MATE, LXDE and KDE desktop environments. Based on Ubuntu LTS releases, the project aims to push out a new version around 6 months after its parent, but has consistently failed to do so. The previous version of Trisquel didn't appear until almost two years after Ubuntu 16.04 landed, and the latest release has stretched that timeframe even further, with its rebasing to Ubuntu 18.04 having taken fully 30 months. And while the applications included with the distro benefit from the LTS lifetime of its parent, out-of-the-box Trisquel 9 ships with version 4.15 of the Linux kernel, which is already woefully out of date, and not even one of the kernel project's long-term maintenance releases. With that all said, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Trisquel on older hardware, as it provides a sane and traditional desktop experience, a sensible selection of out-of-the-box software, and a more privacy-focused version of Firefox than Mozilla currently provides. And speaking of Firefox, version 82 of Mozilla's browser has been released. The update is a fairly minor one, but improves control over picture-in-picture picture video playback for desktop users, and Mozilla claims that code changes will see the new version gaining speedups in several areas. In other browser news, Microsoft has officially launched its development preview program for Edge on Linux. The company is initially providing dev packages to support Debian and Ubuntu, and RPMs for Fedora and OpenSUSE, with new builds planned to be available on a weekly basis. While early preview versions won't support anything other than local user accounts, Microsoft is promising to implement additional sign-on options and support for features like account syncing in future preview releases. And in another move that may have taken some by surprise, the microsoft foundednet .NET Foundation recently joined the Open Source Initiatives Affiliate Program. The .NET Foundation currently acts as an advocate for over 100 related open source projects and has stated that it is excited to be joining the OSI. And is looking forward to working with the organization and other members of the OSI affiliate community. On the corporate front, IBM announced yet another fall in revenue in its latest earnings report. The company has now seen its income drop in 29 out of the last 33 quarters, with falls across all of its service divisions, except for its cloud business. Income from Red Hat helped buck the trend in that one specific sector, with the Linux vendor booking a relatively healthy increase in revenue of 16%. But with IBM declining to provide future guidance for its next set of results, few analysts are expecting to see an immediate improvement in the company's overall financial prospects. Intel has announced that it plans to sell its non-business to South Korean chipmaker SK Hynix. While Intel intends to keep hold of its premier Optane technology, the deal will see the intellectual property and manufacturing capability associated with its non-business being purchased for $9 billion, and Intel expecting to completely exit that marketplace by 2025. Let's round off today's corporate news with an update from IX Systems. While the company was announcing a new range of storage appliances that could be appealing in a variety of settings from remote office through to data center use, it also unveiled the alpha release of a new Debian-based software platform named TrunaScale as well as offering the usual scale-out ZFS storage support that iX Systems is well known for. The platform, which is slated to launch next year, will also provide converged compute capability with support for KVM virtual machines, Kubernetes, and Docker containers, along with a fully integrated suite of management tools. But if your data storage needs are slightly more modest, then a new toaster-style network-attached storage product from Odroid might be more appealing. The case of the new device features a power jack, micro SD slot, gigabit Ethernet, and USB and HDMI ports on its rear, and allows you to drop two SATA hard drives or SSDs into vertical slots on its top, just like you would with a regular bread toaster. The unusual design helps with cooling and lets you easily swap drives in and out of the case, and the new Odroid NAS will be available to buy from next week, starting at $65. And that wraps things up for now. There's more about today's stories in the show notes, and you can visit our website at tabsnotspaces.com to read a full transcript of the podcast, or to contact the show. We'll be back on Saturday.